0: and welcome to episode 108 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mark. Now, coming up on today's episode, it's the fourth part in the voice behind the artist specials, and today I'm joined by Andy Fairhurst, an absolutely incredible artist and someone when I compiled my list of artists that I wanted to be included in this whole special, I knew and hoped more than ever that he would be part of it, so I'm thrilled that he's joining me today. I remember getting my first piece of his artwork when I think Zavi or one of the online outlets did an ET piece that was with him and honestly it's one of my favourite posters so to know he's joining me and get to talk all about his artwork and the way that his career is getting bigger and bigger is just absolutely awesome so that will be coming up very soon. But in true typical Mark and Me fashion, let's talk about the last episode. I was joined by the absolutely incredible Neil Marshall, one of the best directors in the business. He's directed two of my favourite horrors of all time and the response, as always, was unbelievable. So thanks for everyone who tuned in and listened to that interview. I saw a lot of tweets and Facebook comments and emails about how honest they felt that Neil was and the way he talked about his career and the way he talked about Hellboy especially was a real eye-opener. But it's so good to hear that he trusted me and talked about the negatives, not just the positives within the film industry. But let's talk about today's episode. I'm joined by Andy Fairhurst, one of my favourite artists, and I think we should just get straight to it. So here's me and Andy talking all things art. Andy, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. My pleasure. What I want to do, Andy, is take it right back to the start when you were growing up and were you someone that knew you were going to be an artist at a young age or was it during school that you kind of found that love for art well growing up
1: um I I got that that sort of cliche thing where the thing that started off for me was watching Star Wars I'm old enough to have seen Star Wars for the first time at the cinema in nine I was 1978 I think yeah um, it was a bit later in the uk wasn't it but um yeah i just remember coming back from watching that and the first thing i did was draw you know one scene it was all stick men and spaceships all so very very basic but yeah from then on i would have been about five yeah art was the, basically the, the only thing i'm good at anyway so um well decent at anyway but uh yeah i've always drawn free school secondary school just something i've always done it's only the last 10 years I've started, it's become a career, a bit, late, a bit of a late starter.
0: When you were at school and stuff, doing your art and drawing from Star Wars and stuff like this, did you at that point think you could make a career out of it? I know you said it's only been the last 10 years, but were you hoping to be an artist at a young age or did you go in another direction?
1: Um, no, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to make a career. I wanted to be a graphic designer, actually, back in the yeah. 80s. Um, it was all hand-drawn and I thought I'd like to be a graphic designer. But uh, my school experience wasn't the best, and I um, failed most of my exams and, and ended up working in factories after school, shops, factories, foundries, all sorts of things. And I still did art in my spare time, but it was one of those things I just thought I'd never be able to make a career out of. And I never thought I was that good anyway, um, even though I enjoyed doing it. Um, so it, it never really, I never really thought I could make a career out of anything I was doing. Um, so it's just, it was just a hobby more than anything else.
0: So when you left college and stuff, did you get a job straight away? I mean, you said you've only done it over the last 10 years. So what have you been doing until that kind of uh, career? Well, I left
1: school at 16, 17, and I just went straight into working in shops and really dead end jobs in factories. And and I've, I've done that for quite a while. And, um, so I'd even i had been told most of my life that um, doing art as a career would you know it's a sort of thing you get your head out of the clouds sort of thing, um, uh, so it never really crossed my mind. It was it was only like only in the last I'd say about fifteen about fifteen years when I when I went to uh, started doing digital art. Uh, and, and, you know, the advent of the internet and I could see what everyone else was doing and it was, it was um, that sort of sparked my enthusiasm more, seeing, um, you know, other artists succeeding. Um, and that's sort of how I got into what I'm doing now, really.
0: And were there some certain artists that you were noticing that was kind of helping to influence you? Were you seeing certain artists' posters for films or for DVD covers that you were thinking, this is the sort of thing I want to do? Um, at the beginning, like when I started the beginning of digital, um,
1: uh, when I started digital, because I do everything pretty much digital now. I used to do uh, traditional with pencils and paints. But for the last 15, 16, 17 years, I've been digital, and back then I was really influenced by people who did fantasy artwork and you know Magic the Gathering and all that sort of stuff. And um, the big people, um, I'm trying to think of some names now. There's Dan Levici was one who's quite a big, big name uh, a few years ago. Um, there's a guy called Henning Ludvigson who does artwork for game, uh, board games, Star Wars board games, and he was in, he was like a big influence on, on, on me. Um, the post-write works only really been the last six years I've done one.
0: And when you were seeing these people's work, and you said that you were kind of getting into digital, what was the sort of equipment you were getting like 10, 15 years ago to start this? It was very, very cheap, second-hand
1: tablet. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a, a Wacom. Wacom's the, the main one, I don't know, Wacom Wacom. Yeah. But the one I got, I got off eBay, and it was about, Twenty pounds, and it had to, you know, it had to have batteries in. It It was really bad. Uh, <laughs> a really cheap computer, but I, you know, it lasted a few years, and um, it did me at the time. And then I got a, a secondhand Wacom Intuos three, I think it was called, and that lasted me for eleven years. So, yeah, basically secondhand stuff at the beginning, and cheap computer.
0: And then what was some of the first pieces of work you were doing digitally then that was kind of getting it, that it be, would help you actually secure a career? Because obviously it's a big jump, isn't it, from getting this equipment yeah. to then being able to make a career and stop working in shops and stuff.
1: And at the beginning, I would do things like, um, I was like I was heavily influenced by fantasy and, and, and sci-fi. And, and I didn't do as much fan art as, as I pretty much do now. So it'd be like dragons, I was into dragons and um, that sort of thing and the the thing that the thing that sort of kick started my career off now I sort of, it's almost like a, the career, the career I think of now is, is six years ago. Uh, I did a series of um, silhouette kids uh, superhero kids I called them, and there's basically a lot of little kids um, pretending to be their favorite superheroes and I did Spider Man or Spider Kid, there's a little boy sitting on a swing. Uh, I put it on the internet, it only took me a few hours to do and I put it on the internet, and that sort of just went semi viral. And um, it just got, I just got it, it's just when I was lucky, um, lucky uh, strokes, strokes um, it just happened, uh, and had lots of people. Um, Commenting on it and asking to do more, and so I did more, and I ended up doing about twenty, 30, about thirty of them. Yeah, and they're still popular now. I mean, it's just we're talking about ten years ago. I did these. I think I started.
0: Was it at this point that you realised that you could make a full time living out of this, or was it <laughs> a bit later on? It's it was it what gave me.
1: Um, I thought I didn't think I'd make a full time living out of it. the I, the the superhero kids um, got the attention of. Um, uh, the Poster Posse, I think it was the Poster Posse, and Bottleneck Gallery, and they both pretty much at the same time got in touch with me to work with me, and that's sort of when things sort of kicked off for me.
0: Brilliant. I mean, I love Bottleneck Gallery. It's where most of my money goes and vice prep. <laughs> Um I love how much they're supporting British artists. I saw one of your most recent pieces that you released via Bottleneck for Star Wars. Um yeah. How did that project come about for you?
1: I did a Star Wars poster for The Rise of Skywalker last year. Um, and that was for the poster poster um, for an online online um, promotion. Yeah. And Joe, Joe from Bottleneck saw that. And because I've done st- a lot of Star Wars with Bottleneck in the past, he thought it would be a really cool idea to do the same style, but for the original trilogy. Um, so we did that, went with that, and it was quite successful. Yeah, I had a lot of good feedback from that.
0: And one of the first pieces that I actually bought of yours was the E.T. print. Uh, I think it was from Bottleneck, I can't remember. But again, you're a massive fan of the 80s sort of films. And oh, yeah,
1: huge, yeah.
0: Which E.T. print was this? Is this the He's the coming up over the hill and he can see the uh, spacecraft and the bike and the red light. Oh, yeah, 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 because I did a similar
1: one a few years back um, for Hero Complex Gallery. Um, so it's a sort of a, a sequel to that one, I suppose. Um, yeah, the 80s was a, a huge and still is a huge influence on, on, on my work. Um, I just, I was born in the 70s, but I was an 80s kid. Uh, watched all, you know, went to the cinema every weekend, sort of Goonies, uh, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, everything. So yeah, it's a huge influence on me.
0: So is that the sort of work you like doing the most when you get to do stuff that you absolutely love? So, you know, sort of like The like Lost Boys or any, any of the 80s classics?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's just pure nostalgia, you know. Uh, it's a good, good, warm feeling. It's something familiar and it's just, you know, it's one of those things that makes me happy. And if it's an official piece as well, it's just, yeah, it's just uh, the icing on the cake.
0: So your career over the last few years has got really big. Obviously, you've been working with people like Marvel doing prints for star wars 20th century yeah. Fox, disney did you ever really anticipate this getting to this stage because it must be quite surreal that to know that people never. with massive organizations and companies are interested in your work
1: yeah it's um i i never ever ever have thought that would happen and i still can't believe it happens now and i still think that maybe they've got the wrong person or <laughs> did they know what they're looking at when they send you know when they send them the uh, pieces I'm thinking you know surely they're gonna twig sooner or later I'm not as good as they think I am so yeah it's always um I expect my bubble to burst every single time I I, you know something uh, I get asked to do something but so yeah I'm eternally grateful and it's just a weird feeling it's it is surreal and I've I've done so many officially licensed things for so many big properties. It's, um, yeah, it just, it's, it, it, um, I can ne- I never take it for granted at all.
0: So Andy, out of all the work you've done, obviously there's a great number of pieces for some huge clients, but what's some of your absolute personal favorites that you're really proud of? Um... It has to be Star Wars. The uh,
1: anything to do with Star Wars um, is always a massive. Th- it's always a massive thrill, and that again goes back to just it being the first film I ever saw that really stuck with me. Um, out of all the Star Wars pieces I've done, I, actually, I think the the last three uh, for bottleneck are probably the the ones that stand out for me. Um, and anything to do with Disney, really, because of the same reasons. It's something I've grown up with. It's, um, it's always been so magical. Um, anything to do with Disney, I've been a, I've been a sucker for, for Disney. So um, anything to do with Disney is just the dream come true for me. Uh, and the last things I did for Bottleneck, um, sorry, the last things, the last Disney pieces I did were uh, a set of six classic Disney films that I did. Um, and they would just that was a dream come true. That because they were, you know, they're all f- have very fond memories
0: of them as a kid. I mean, to get to do stuff as well for Marvel, like the Captain Marvel stuff and the Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy and stuff. I mean, you, it must be like a, an absolute dream. I mean, some of my favorite work you did was for Spider Man. Um, I think the way that you've captured him, kind of jumping over the bus, and it's just yeah. absolutely stunning. And oh, thank you, you. you know, it's you must be really proud to get to work on these such fantastic films
1: yeah it's uh, again I can, I can never say it enough but it is it is a pinch me moment every time i'm asked to do anything like that um those start those spider-man pieces um they always have a little a, a little easter egg inside in, in them uh, to do with my kids um if if, if anyone's ever got taken the time to see them. There's a little kid on the on a bus is on um, both the buses. One is my daughter and one is my son. Um and they're they're on there. And, and there's the Spiderverse I did, I think Spider Spiderverse one which is in a similar style. Yeah. And there's some shops at the bottom with neon writing and I think one says Elliot Elliot's Burgers, that's my son, and and the other one says Tilda's uh, Flourish or something. I can't remember now. That's my daughter. So there's always a little uh, family Easter egg in, in each of them. That's a awesome. But yeah, doing Spider-Man, again, it's, it's, another, um, it's another thing from childhood. It's all from childhood, this massive um, dream come true, really, because Spider-Man was all my, always my favourite superhero. Uh, Spider-Man and Batman, uh, if we're going to go DC. But Spider-Man probably was the number one for me so doing anything to do with Spider-Man or Marvel is is a, again it's just a huge it's a huge honor.
0: And something that I always ask all artists, do you ever get now any time where you can just enjoy drawing and doing it for yourself instead of knowing that there's clients or pieces of work you've got to go? Can you ever get the spare time where, where you can just switch off and just sketch or can just do stuff without it being for a purpose?
1: Yes, yeah, so not so much now. I mean, I, I'm lucky to be very busy. Although at the moment I've been procrastinating a lot because of this lockdown. But generally, I get a really quiet period just after Christmas. So I'll spend time doing little pro, uh, personal um, pieces for myself then. Or because uh, it's so up and down, um, you can be, you know, inundated with pieces, and, the, and then and then a few months later, there's nothing coming at all. But uh, the last few years i've been really lucky to have been quite busy um, so i haven't done anything personal really i'm I'm sort of working on a um stand by me piece um which i've s- sort of'm i about a quarter of the way through but i never seem to get a chance to crack on with that because i've got so many pieces going with with uh, bottleneck or poster posse or i've got some stuff coming up with um grey matter art as well some more marvel so that'll be really cool um so yeah i'm very busy at the moment but i'm not going to complain no
0: No. and anyone that's listening to the podcast right now that's a fan of your art or fan of all art, um what advice do you give them for trying to get their work seen or to try and make a career out of it because it's not easy with so many great talented artists
1: but yeah it's <clears throat> it's really uh the competition at the moment is well i say it's not competition really because um there are a lot of really really good artists out there brilliant artists i just i would just say do uh what you're really into um take as much inf- inspiration from artists that you admire and try and come at something from a different angle um just try and you know leave your mark on something rather than try and copy someone else's style. just uh, try and make something your own just and just enjoy it because it, it does it does show in the piece if someone's enjoyed doing it. I think anyway i I tend to get um, best results if I'm enjoying a piece. Uh, if I don't enjoy it or if I'm not really familiar with the property, I think it sort of shows in the, the end
0: result. So there it is, there's my interview with me and the absolutely awesome Andy Fairhurst. A lovely guy, quite short and snappy this interview but I still felt we got a lot from it. I'm absolutely loving doing these artist specials, the whole voice behind the artist came about with just a little idea and now we're four episodes in of these specials with one more to come. I'm loving them that much, I'm thinking about at the moment doing another five as part of a season two And trust me, I've been speaking to some incredible artists that are willing and wanting to come on the podcast, so I can't wait to share those with you in the near future. A massive thanks to everyone that's tuned in today, and a massive thanks to Andy. He's been very, very kind and donated some incredible prizes for you guys out there. So stay tuned to my social media channels over the next few days to find out what prizes are available and how to enter these competitions. But trust me, there's some amazing sign prints and some lovely badges, so thanks again. If you've loved today, go on to markandme.com. As I've said, there's links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, my email, but my Patreon page. I need the support more than ever right now. All the money that gets invested via Patreon goes right back into the podcast, allows me to travel the country when we can, and also do loads and loads of interviews and host the podcast for you guys to listen to on all the available channels that I can. It really does go a long way, and you can go on there and sponsor me for as little as a pound a month. That's it. And at the moment, you're getting around seven or eight episodes a month. You're getting the opportunity to win some incredible prizes and much, much more. It's very busy at the moment in Mark and Me world. We've got some incredible interviews coming along and they'll be with you in the next few days. So until then, stay safe and I'll speak to you all soon.